0: Everybody, Tom Oglesby in the FM 98.3 KCRD studios. Janet Wagner and Colleen Paznek are with us for our episode today. We're going to get started with uh, with the headlines, but we're going to pray to the Blessed Mother, or I should say, pray with the Blessed Mother, the Memorare. So, in the name of the,
1: the Father, Father and, and the, the Son, and Son and the Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. Amen.
2: Remember, most gracious, gracious Virgin, Virgin Mary, Mary, that, that never, never was, was it known. known. That anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly into thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word of the Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear
1: and answer me. Amen.
0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Who's got headlines?
1: Oh, well, there's a couple headlines we could talk about today. What do you see? I'm almost afraid to bring it up.
2: Go ahead. Well, there's quite a few headlines this week about um, the
1: suppression of the Latin Mass out of the Vatican.
0: And the motivation?
1: That's a good question. I, I'm not sure what the motivation is. It seems like I can't understand why they would be so against the Latin Mass. In all, in all honesty, if, if anyone has an answer, I'm all ears. Uh, I, I don't know what the motivation is. And you can have your polka mass, you know, where everything sounds like roll out the barrel, mm-hmm. but you can't have a Latin mass, which really formed the saints for a thousand years, the doctors of the church. And the saint that you can think of right now probably was formed by the Latin mass. So I really don't get the motivation. But I
2: don't it, either. It's not another program.
1: Not another program. It's not a committee. I think it's not it's, collegiality.
2: I think it's hiding in plain sight.
1: Go ahead, Tom. Well,
0: it's, <laughs> if you can get the the uh, Polka Mass and Peter, Paul, and Mary, and it was the mainstay of Western civilization for a millennia, it's not accidental. It's it's the managed decline of the Catholic faith. That's my statement.
2: I just find it incredibly interesting the number of saints who became saints under that Mass not only um, canonized, but their life to be a saint would have been through the Latin Mass, mm-hmm. not the Novus Ordo.
0: Help me remember the uh, bishop or Monsignor who rewrote the... Uh,
1: um, M- Bonanno Bonini Bunin, B- Annabelle Bonini.
0: Bunini. When you were talking, Janet, I'm thinking the number of saints. Each of them have the uh, letters before their name, not after their name. S-T period, saint. I don't think Bonini's is going to have Saint Bunini.
1: You know, uh, uh, we don't know, do we? No, we don't. We don't know. No. Just uh, early news But it is a good question. What would be the motivation? What are your thoughts? What might be motivating it? What's your guess?
2: I really have to wonder <clears throat> what's going on with the leadership. And I have two thoughts. One, what's going on with the leadership? And two, I'm excited to see what God does with this. Um, on the first thought, where's the Vatican at with this? This this is the leadership of the Catholic Church. You know, the vicar is Pope Francis, obviously of Rome, but of the Catholic Church, the magisterium. As that leader, would you not want to embrace people who would en- embrace themselves, the traditions of the church, and want to go deeper in their faith and, and uh I mean, I don't I don't understand it either.
0: I I hate to be an odd temperature here, but I think that's naive. I, I think that's naive. The The leadership of the church has shown, by their behavior, they're not leading. True. They don't want that. In fact, not only on this issue, but this uh, conference in this continent, on the, I mean, to spend days on the... <laughs> when, when one document stated uh, at the last council that the uh, source and summit is the Eucharist, and we can't, and one... Why do we even need to have a uh, synod or a uh, uh, spring, fall conference, whatever we're in right now that just, just concluded on a document in and around the centrality of the Eucharist? I mean, you could go to any of the last 20 centuries and find a church father who has written on the, including John in his sixth chapter. I mean, there, there is is no leadership. Who was it? I've done a poor job of footnoting but um, regarding the magisterial authority if you don't use it you lose it i don't know that it was aquinas but if you're not use, if you're not magisterially exercising your authority you no longer have it by by reason of abdication of office who's teaching i'm going to stop now
2: <laughs> let me continue with that because You know, really what it comes down to is we're all friends here, right? (laughs) So let's just call out what kind of thoughts come to our mind. Latin Mass. Let's go back when the pandemic was at its height. Granted, on the front end, with COVID, everybody was afraid. We didn't know where this was coming from. We were afraid of getting sick. We were afraid of people dying left and right. But the fact of the matter is, is the the churches were closed. And probably all of them were on the front end. But as priests were starting to venture out and say, hey, we need to get the sacraments to the people. That's our job. The only place that you could get the sacraments were at places that had the traditional Latin Mass. Amen. And now, fast forward to now where we are, how many of the prior Catholics to COVID that were going to church are going now?
0: Mm. Well, before COVID... It was one and
2: four. 25%.
0: Yeah. So I don't know. Did we get back to 25% yet? Not, I don't think so.
1: I don't think so. I don't think so.
2: And then, uh, I'm sorry, the only thing that I was going to finish with that was that, but you go to a traditional Latin mass throughout the country in the United States, some of those attendances are up by not only double, but in some cases triple.
0: Mm-hmm. Which goes back to, I'm cutting you off here, go ahead. Oh,
1: that's all right. I'm just thinking, what are our listeners' Thinking Right now. Now, I remember there was a time when I had no idea what the traditional Latin Mass was. Um, maybe I was 13, 14 old enough, but still in maybe junior high when I came across my mother's St. Joseph Missal for the Latin Mass. Mm-hmm. And I picked it up and I looked through it and I thought, what religion is this? This doesn't look like what I know and see here in 1978 mm-hmm. in church. Some of it looks a little familiar, but most of this looks strange. Was my mother an Episcopalian or something <laughs> else? So I, I really had no idea, honestly, um, that there even was such a thing as a traditional Latin mass. So let's say we've got a listener out there who who thinks, what in the world are they talking about? Maybe they're 50 years old or under, and all they've known is the Novus Ordo. How would you describe to them what the traditional Latin Mass is? What we mean when we say the traditional Latin Mass? I
2: think that's a great great segue into going deeper with what we're talking about because I've been going to the Latin Mass on and off probably since about 2014. When the pandemic hit and I couldn't get the sacraments, um, I went to a Latin Mass that provided me the sacraments. Therefore, in that um, experience... I realized that I thought there was a language barrier, but there isn't. Because I got a book, they call it a missile. You have Latin on one side and English on the other. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I found myself praying. In praying, and I realized that the priest has his back to me. I wasn't offended like some people get offended. Because I knew early on that he was praying to Jesus in the mass for me, a sinner. And then the other thing is is that it's silent, unless, of course, you're at a sung mass or a solemn high mass, which are beautiful. Um, but So the silence was important to me,
1: the reverence, among other things. So if, if someone hears traditional Latin mass, you're saying that the language, Latin, is not the only difference. That, that if we went to the Novus Ordo like we go to every Sunday and they just prayed it in Latin... That that's you're saying that that is not the only difference between the traditional Latin Mass and the Mass that most of us are familiar with.
2: Yeah, there's definitely differences. I mean, on the at first blush, you look at it and it's like, oh, I'm 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 just trying to, you know, participate. And we're so used to participating in a Novus Ordo Mass, but actually, in the Latin Mass, it's not that you just sit there like a bump on a log. You're participating, but it's prayerful. Um, and the thing that's interesting, the other differences are, is the reverence how people receive Jesus, uh, in the Eucharist. Um, also, you know, there's, to me, Novus Ordo Mass is noisy. That's just my experience. Everybody's experience is going to be unique to them because Jesus created them. I didn't. Um, and I think, you know, you have to, like anything, I always get a kick out of this. People that say that they can't handle technology, but then they've got 25 apps on their phone that they've seen, seem to have mastered. So, why can't you master a change in the, in the Mass? But the other thing with Latin Mass that I really like is I didn't realize that when Vatican II came along that a lot of the prayers were cut out. That hit me square between the eyes.
0: Not only were prayers deleted, but those that remained were neutered. There are some very powerful uh, exorcism phrases. The Tridentine Mass is marked as a sacrifice, not as a meal it's a sacrifice not a meal the priest is is praying to god the father offering god the son in union with the holy spirit to the father on behalf of us um, and and the prayers of of exorcism of expiation of sins all of that is native and and if you listen to our uh, novus ordo which simply means new order of the mass uh, th- those words are poetry, or flowery, or whatever rarely do you see a uh, binding and, and uh, subduing of, of Satan and oddly enough it appears Satan's unbound and, and he's on the loose here. you know p- prayer is efficacious by way of what we ask for if we don't ask for Satan to be bound he won't be bound
1: that's a great point. Yeah, God knows what we need, but He wants us to ask for it. Exactly, and that helps us know what we need.
0: Yeah,
2: One, he, I'm sorry. Our,
0: well, our prayers don't enlighten God. He already knows what it is that we need. We are His creatures, and by design, we are. He, he expects us to to ask for what we need.
2: Yeah, definitely. And another difference with the Latin Mass that I saw is, um, or and I've experienced, and I've usually have attended in three different places. Um, the amount of people who routinely go to confession before Mass even begins. There's lines. I've never seen that at the Novus Ordo Mass. I've never seen confession offered before a Sunday morning Novus Ordo Mass. That was one of the things that hit me. And the other thing that hit me was the calendar. Um, the calendar seems to um, be different than the current calendar in the Novus Ordo Mass. I'm not en- entirely sure why. Um, maybe you guys know. But uh, I find that the, the calendar and how we celebrate the feasts... Um, probably the biggest difference is they haven't been moved to Sundays um, so that more faithful can participate. I like the fact that there's Holy Days of Obligation that occur during the week. To me, you, you have to make a conscious decision and say to Christ, am I going to honor you or not?
0: Well, this contributes to culture. Cultures drown downstream from the church, and politics are downstream from culture. And when the church falters, culture goes to hell. Yeah. and uh when when culture is is uh, poor the politics the politicians are just horrible and uh, there's a coalition or a cor- correlation rather with what's going on here but uh yeah if if you're not going to go to mass on ascension thursday which is not sunday it's ascension Thursday, the epiphany floats uh what else is out there the assumption the the others you know
1: Yeah, immaculate conception mm-hmm. december 8th that kind mm-hmm.
0: of yeah. so when you don't leave your employment or your home and go to a Catholic church in the middle of the week, the culture doesn't witness Catholic culture. It, it's
1: yep. horrible. It's a very good point because when did Vatican II take place? Not that I'm blaming the demise of everything on Vatican II, but Vatican II took place from 1962 to 1965. And like you are saying, the culture is downstream from the church um, look at what happened to the culture in the mid to late 60s. Mm-hmm. It fell apart. And then, of course, politics followed because it comes from the culture. But you're right. The church is the wellspring and a good indicator of how healthy society is and political life and every other part of our life.
0: My, uh, I'll try to do this uh, veiledly. A family member is in tears with, a, uh, with the news of a uh, suicide of a young 20-year-old. When we were growing up there were suicides but they were singular. They were rare. Look at the epidemic or pandemic of, of suicides. This is this is a lack of grace. This goes back to what you were talking about with if you sh- where are the sources of grace? Where do where does grace enter the world?
2: Well the biggest the biggest spots that grace enters the world is not only in the Eucharist but also in confession.
0: Right.
1: And all the sacraments, right? Right. They're the source of grace. They're signs instituted by Christ to give us grace.
0: So if you shut church up, which happened in March of 2020 through most of the year into this year, 2021, what happens to the fountain of grace?
2: It dries up. It dries up. It's gone. That creek bed is dry there, Tom.
0: And uh, if if you are at a, a church regardless of which uh, uh, order it is, the uh, Tridentine order or the Novus Ordo, at least you have now the fountains of grace. But then we can talk about states of grace and how we should handle those kinds of things, and I suppose we can do that after the uh, after the break here. What do you think? Shall we do that? Sounds yeah, I, just,
2: I want to add one thing before we go to the break, is our listeners out there are, you know, there's, it's easy to look at it in the conversation that we're having about Nova Soto Mass, which is the regular Sunday Mass that most people are accustomed to attending. And now we're talking about the traditional Latin Mass as well. I just want to make a point. Both of those are legitimate Masses that are recognized in the church. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: So the ordinary
1: make... form and the extraordinary form, is right. they're also called. Yep. yep.
0: All right. We will be back here in the studio after we take a break from our. Lovely sponsors and other announcements here. Janet Wagner, Colleen Pasneck, I'm Tom Oglesby on FM 98.3 KCRD. Hi, everybody, we're back in the studios. Tom Oglesby at FM 98.3 KCRD. Janet Wagner and Colleen Pasneck are here. And what's our next headline?
1: Well, I think we want to talk a little bit about what just happened in Dubuque on um, last Saturday. Well, I shouldn't say that because... Who on knows a, when we'll air this. Right. On January 26th, there was the first... June, June, 26th, June 26th. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. June? Are you sure you want me to introduce the subject? You're working. <clears throat> June 26th, um, the first um, so-called gay parade, pride parade um, in Dubuque. First one.
2: I had a question for you. So as our culture has progressed in the last 20 years, gay was gay, but now these gay pride, gay pride parades, it's encompassing lesbians, transgenders, bisexuals, whatever, every gender that's known to man, which by the way, for the record is two. But what, what does this mean?
1: Well, that's, that's a good question. I, I think it's an inclusive thing. Aren't we inclusive?
0: I think that's really the the uh, root of the question, though. I, I'd phrase it this way, frame it this way: What's the trajectory? Where where did it start? Where has it been? Where is it today? And where does it naturally need to conclude? Which is which is the real issue here, isn't it? Where where does it naturally need to conclude?
2: Are you talking about Freemasonry, Tom?
0: Well, uh, to to a uh, a degree. Freemasonry is the uh, stepchild of communism, which is uh, related to modernism, which is related is to it, relativism, all of that here. But I, I think what I'm trying to say here is, is it started out as a, a respect. And of course, uh, Christianity uh, respects the individual for who they are, not what their sexual activities are. You know, that, that's the definition of charity, isn't it? Uh, that we love God with our all, uh, whole heart, our whole mind, our whole soul, and we love our neighbor for the love of God. Uh, because that's that's what we're doing here. Uh, not in, in this narrative that says, well, God made me homosexual. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know where that scientific evidence is coming from. Yeah, I don't think
1: there's any scientific evidence of that. I think maybe in the 80s there was some question, was it hereditary genetic? But they've done, you know, um, uh, experiments and studies of twins, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that does not seem to bear out. No.
2: One of the things that I find incredibly encouraging is um, there are programs out there. There's one called Courage as well as Encourage and that is a Catholic-based program that helps people with same-sex attraction to um, basically take a look at themselves and to overcome it, pick up their cross, and carry it so that they can live a life uh, worth getting into heaven.
0: Yeah, otherwise known as chastity. Yeah, <laughs> which
2: we're all called to.
0: But I think I, th- I think there's a, a deeper level beyond this here. Haven't all of us, regardless of sexual preference or identities or whatever, bought into whomever is programming the black box in our in our rooms otherwise known as television you know we've now trained successive generations in viewing who they are and the people whom they encounter based as a sexual object that's right we we don't look at people as a creature of god Uh, the sons and daughters the body of christ we 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 have come to understand that we have utility in sexuality.
2: Animalistic. I think what it really comes down to is the sexual act and that no matter what I'm attracted to, whether it's same-sex attraction or, for that matter, an animal, um, you have to accept me for whatever sexual act I want. And then where Satan comes into play is it's mimicked because marriage is between one man and one woman in the Catholic Church, which is beautiful because it brings forth fruit, which obviously is the children, there is no fruit in a homosexual act. They well, cheat it by adoption, but that's not it.
0: Well, they've even cheated the uh, the heterosexual, you know, they, they call it marriage rather than holy matrimony. And the emphasis has been on the sexual gratification of the partners, male and female, right. rather than the focus that you are here to freely accept life from God, otherwise known as children.
2: And one of the things that... I think the key, or the dysfunction, however you want to look at it, is this. It's all about love. And it's not so much the act of love, like I need to love you, Colleen, or I need to love you, Tom. But it's like, I want to feel loved. I want gratification. I want pleasure. Well, that's basic human instincts. We want that. But our church calls us out to be ordered. And Scripture gives us, and the Magisterium gives us, awesome ways to live out our life that way. But again, Satan hijacks this and it's like, you know, love is. And that that is so wrong. Love Love is love. Mm -hmm.
1: But it's not uh, the traditional Christian understanding of love. When you love someone, you want the best for them. You want them to get to heaven. You want to sacrifice for them. That's what love has always meant up until recently. Until the black box told us, uh, our television sets told us it's everything's about sex. Selling hamburgers is about sex. Everything's about sex. And it has, it has warped the meaning of love. So now you see love wins. And I'm like, love wins what? You know, it's not even a, not even a sentence. I don't even really know what that means. Love. If you want to know what love is, look at a crucifix. That's what love is. Total self-giving for the benefit of the other. Even when it means you deny yourself. But you know, the problem is in this culture, that doesn't fit on a bumper sticker. You know, there's not a quick little slangy thing that can say, love is love, love wins. Um, but it has been, it has, war- the culture has warped uh, the meaning of the word love.
2: And the thing that gets me is that that slogan, love wins, it actually does because Jesus did win. He defeated death, he defeated Satan, he died for us. But we have to cooperate. It does, it's not a one and done. Every day we sin, all of us do, which means that we have to get in a state of grace, which means we need to go to mass, which means we know, need to go to confession. So love wins. You betcha. But the thing is, is that that definition um, has been hijacked by a group of people that is it, just disordered. And it's sad. It breaks my heart to see so many people. It's To me, that's another pandemic.
0: Well, dare you say the uh, parade was a sin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the uh, the, uh... Uh, the lifestyle here you know you're 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 being hateful this is hate speech now if you aren't confirming people in their disorders
2: i would
1: call that tough love well and i think you know and i and i think all of us feel this way and i can't speak for the listeners but i think the three of us feel this way maybe it's not even the worst sin out there right i mean it it's it's not actually right because what's the greatest commandment is to love god Right. So the greatest sin would be to not love God. So sometimes I think that some people think, well, you Christians, you know, you just, you you hate anybody that's gay. It's like, no, we don't. And it's not even the worst sin. The issue I think a lot of people have with it is stop shoving it down our throat.
0: Yeah, it's the scandal associated right?
1: with that. I mean, next month, is there going to be an adultery parade? Everyone who's committing adultery, we're going to march down and we're going to be proud of that. How about a heterosexual parade? no you can't have
0: that yeah but that that becomes uh, you know i get what you're saying here but that becomes uh, tit for tat and, and that's right uh, and and that's not g- rewind for a minute it's not the greatest sin there what is the greatest sin and you touched on it to sin against love the Holy god Spirit. so but the three sins and we had this in the uh, ox recently here the sin of idolatry which is the sin against the first commandment you will have no strange gods before me to the sin of uh, blasphemy which are country our media is just rampant uh, you know god's name is not an adjective uh, and then the the third um, sin which is the profanation of holy days and holy things these are by the way the first three commandments before you get into anything else here so this ties back to your uh, uh, catholic culture uh, holy days on days of the week not moved till sunday That. In my estimation, is a profanation of, of the sacred. Don't he he ascended on Thursday? We can at least you know in in the uh, historic church, the ascension was a high holy day. I mean, this is a big day, like the Epiphany, when when Christ manifested Himself to the Gentiles. It it, it profanes the holy day, and it is mildly idolatrous if there are degrees of idolatry, I suppose. Uh, to not say that this is a big deal, that Christ manifested himself to the Gentiles.
1: Right, and I think your point is is well taken. Offenses against the first three commandments are the worst offenses because they're sins against God. Um, and so when, you know, we hear about uh, pride parade, it's like, well, I wish they wouldn't do that, you know, because to celebrate something that um, is not natural and according to God's plan is just wrong to do. It's idolatrous.
0: The first sin of the parade is is not against your body; it's against God, who intended you and gave you the gift of sexuality for its proper end.
2: True, good point. One of the things you know, again, I go back to the to the listener and the uh, you know a regular a regular Catholic that attends Mass that they know that it's wrong because the Church teaches that it's wrong, but by the same token they have family members who are in these relationships or they have friends close friends that are in these relationships or their sons or daughters come to them and they say you know mom dad meet my significant other and it's a same sex and
1: and the thing is is what are what are people supposed to do with this that's a good question because i think lots of people face that well, what's it, god say
0: well i think it's i think it's not a lot of people i think it's a whole lot of people that are facing this i i have I don't know if I'm a lightning rod, but I've had a number of people reach out to me uh, with that. Tom, what do I do? And I'm not your priest, but I'm, I'm happy to listen. But this is really tough love because if, I shouldn't say if, we've just defined love as the good of the other for the other. That means that you are fulfilled in what your ultimate end was created for, which is to know God, love God, and serve him, and spend eternity with him. So if we love our neighbor, we have to pray that he knows, loves, and serves God and has sufficient grace to spend eternity with Creator here. So how can you confirm a son or a daughter, a brother or sister, in an objective sin? Now this goes back to what we've been talking about for weeks. Thou shalt not judge, thou shalt not condemn. We're not condemning anyone to eternal damnation. But objectively, we do have to say, the road you're on does not lead to heaven. That doesn't mean you're going to go to hell. But the road you're on ain't taking you where you want to go.
1: And God allows for U-turns.
0: Yeah, well, he's the God of U-turns. He yeah. is the
1: God of U-turns. Now, you had said earlier that it's an, in an objective state. I forget exactly what you said, but you used the word as, that it was objectively wrong. What do you mean by that?
0: Well, I mean, it's not subjective. It's not. It's it's not morally relativistic. It's. <laughs> it was. What was his name? Cuomo, the governor up in uh, New York. That that, you know. Mario. Mario. Personally, I'm against it, but I'm not going to impose my will on you. And it was re- with respect to. Uh,
1: that was abortion. Abortion. abortion.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so th- that that's the biggest bucket of whatever you want. That you've ever heard. Think about that. Well, uh,
2: sins of omission and commission. Ding, 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 ding.
0: And and to say, uh, you know, and it's it, it's uh, real easy in the uh, gospel, at least one gospel, perhaps a couple of them here, where Christ says, you know, you you want to take the splinter out of your brother's eye, but the uh, the plank is in in uh, in your eye, silly man. Uh, take the plank out of your eye first. But at the same time, he also talks about the uh, spiritual works of mercy. The admonishing of sinners the instructor of the ignorant the the uh, consoler of the doubtful you can't console admonish or instruct without an objective reasoning as to where are you at right now where are you at in your mind in your life or whatever now that doesn't mean i'm your priest and i'm going to i can hear your confession i can't give you absolution but i can you know there needs to be objective moral standards Otherwise, God would not have given us commandments.
1: So objective meaning outside of the person's inclinations or desires or wishes or feelings or perspectives. Something outside of that, something like truth mm-hmm. that doesn't change. That's objective truth.
0: Yeah, the, un- the unchangeable objective truth.
1: Well, and we have to go
2: something back to something that's very, very basic and it's innate in all of us. And God hardwired our hearts, ordered to him. So when something like this happens, um, a person knows instinctively that they're participating in something that's wrong. And not just with this, with many things. And then also with scripture. I mean, you have to ask yourself in our culture now, do these people not know about Sodom and Gomorrah? Do these people not know about Noah? And I, and I don't want to be so cutting as to say these people. This, this is something that affects all of us in our culture right now. Um, but one of the things that I think we should talk about a little bit is what are the bullet points as to why people are participating in these things? They're not feeling loved. So was there abuse in their history? What kind of abuse, and was it only one type of abuse or was it multiple? Um, was there promiscuity involved? Is there drug use involved? You know what's going on. I think here? it's
0: all of the above, but I think it's also uh, horribly demonic. I agree. And and I. I, I'm i going to go out on a limb here. I do not think this scourge of homosexuality which is infecting uh, families near and wide is the problem. I believe it's the symptom. I agree. It is a symptom of a much sicker society and it stems from a lack of sanctifying grace worldwide that there are that there are uh, not enough sacraments beginning with confession because the, the, whole, the whole debate about whether political candidates should be worthily presenting themselves to receive the Eucharist and the debate rages is a symptom of what that problem is. There no longer is sin. We, we don't, and, and you, you, you can't remedy sin if you don't admit you have sin and the remedy is grace we don't know where to get the grace we don't know how to unplug from the from the you know so I'm I'm gonna I don't mean to say attack but to to speak about it's it's like abortion abortion is the symptom homosexuality is the symptom the greater deep root problems in society our lack of understanding of what sin is, what we are as creatures, we have denied the existence of the Creator. We have become we we have we have made God, like in Genesis when he said, We've made God we've made man in our image and our likeness. We have turned that around. We have made God now in our image and in our likeness.
1: And I think that's, that's a, a little plain. bit of the demonic that you're talking about, because what does the evil one do? He flips everything on its, head. on its head. So that's a great example that you just gave.
2: And in that situation, too, I mean, if you look at somebody that's been, um, l- let's just consider someone that has same-sex attraction that struggles with it, and my heart goes out to them. My heart truly goes out to them because we need to be helping them carry that cross. But how do you do that when there's no chastity anywhere. You know, people don't realize that even if you're a married couple, that married couple is called chastity. And what does that mean?
0: The uh, the uh, exorcist Father Ripperger, whom we know and love, mm-hmm. says that when you commit sin, you separate yourself from God. But even venial sin, you're, you're still tethered to to God in some way. But mortal sin essentially this is coming from the exorcist takes you from outside the care custody of God you essentially have stepped outside the umbrella and into the reign of uh, not only the kingdom reign but the the atmospheric reign of of, uh, Satan once that happens you are spiritually blind the reason it's not a sin is you don't know sin you no longer have grace. You are not in a state of grace. Now we, <laughs> that, that there's another show coming in our lives. The uh, state of grace. You know, they asked St. Joan uh, in her Inquisition, "Are you in a state of grace, Joan?" And how did she reply?
1: She had a great answer. If if uh, if I am, may God keep me there, and if I'm not, may God put me there.
0: Yes. So that is just awesome. We don't we don't always know if we're in a state of grace but we can be reasonably sure when we're not in a state of grace and those are two distinct things here these great sins of our day people are spiritually blind they don't recognize sin and it isn't just politicians who are receiving our blessed lord unworthily
1: yep we talked about that last week too there's and not only just public figures there's a lot of a lot of us that go and receive communion every sunday or every day that have committed a mortal sin and we don't even know it
2: let's stop right there i think that is something that people do not realize so what would be examples of mortal sins that people are committing but receiving jesus but they have no idea so just a couple off the top of my head is is not only relationships in same sex attraction when it's not it's you can be attracted the same to the same sex as a person That's not the sin. The sin is when you perform the act. Okay, so then that's a grave mortal sin. So another grave mortal sin, and I'm just going to throw these out here, and you guys tell me if I'm right or wrong. What about missing mass on Sunday?
1: Well, I I think the way to determine something, whether or not something is a mortal sin like missing mass on Sunday, is to look at the criteria that need to be present for it to be a mortal sin. So your first criteria is it has to be serious matter. Is missing mass serious matter? I would say, yeah, because it's that third commandment, keeping the Sabbath holy.
2: Yeah, Jesus said so.
1: So if Jesus said it, it's good enough for me. So that's one criteria, is it serious matter? So anything having to do with the Ten Commandments is serious matter. Correct. Second of all, we have to have full knowledge. Do I know that I'm supposed to go to Mass on Sunday? And in this world, with the catechesis we've had, I don't know that that's a given anymore for people. Um, They might not, especially after our bishops told us for over a year we didn't have to go. So everyone's confused. Um, So serious matter, full knowledge, and the third criteria is full consent. We have to say, you know what? I know that I'm supposed to go and I know it's a sin to miss it. I'm just going to stay in bed with no reason like um, I'm sick or I'm taking care of a sick person or I'm traveling and I have no idea where I am, anything like that. Just, I just don't want to go. So if you, if you look at those three criteria, then I think you can start to ask, is missing mass on Sunday a mortal sin? which we've just kind of decided was, you know, if if, uh, if it has to do with God and you know that you have to go to Mass and you just don't want to go, then, yeah, if you miss, it's a mortal sin. Right? right. Am, I, am I reading that right?
2: I think so. And then, you know, I'm just throwing some things out here because I know a lot of people how they think. So it's not in the Ten Commandments that drunkenness is a sin. So comment on that, you guys. So if somebody has a drink, we know that as Catholics, you know, that's that's not a sin. When does drunkenness become a mortal sin?
1: Well, I think drunkenness is um, a breaching of the virtue of temperance. And temperance is moderation, right? Moderation in all things. So you can go too far one way or the other when it comes to our appetites. Um, so, you know, I would say as long as you're hitting that middle road of, imbibing whether it's alcohol or food um you know whatever it is that you're imbibing in or, or your phone you know certainly that can become an obsessive um kind of behavior but you know you, then you're missing that mark that virtue on uh, your and you're getting into vice on either side
0: yeah we've got to take our next break here this is fm 98.3 kcrd you're listening to the chatter with janet colleen and i'm tom oglesby we will we'll be right back after these announcements are back, everybody. Tom Oglesby in the FM 98.3 KCRD studios. Colleen Pasnick and Janet and Wagner. How do we wrap all this up here? We've been uh, talking about some heavy items here today.
1: We have been. Two big issues, two heavy items. Um, but what I would like to ask the two of you is, how are these two things connected? Is there a commonality between the traditional Latin Mass and what we're seeing with the Pride Parade.
2: Wow, that's a loaded question, Colleen. Are we talking cause and effect?
1: Well, I don't know. One thing that just um, comes to my mind, and I, I want you know your input, of course. But Tom, you said in the first segment that the church is the wellspring, and the culture is downhill from the or downstream from the church. True. Um, so in that regard, if we think about it as a river, if we've got the suppression of the Latin Mass, the banning of the Latin Mass, and we've got the Pride Parade. What inferences can you can you draw? I
2: suppression is the magical word for me in this segment because all of us, whether you like it or not, need authority, and then our one true authority is God. And in the Catholic faith, that's our magisterium, led by Pope Francis. So I really have to say, with all the things that seem to be suppressed coming coming out of the Vatican these days, why should
1: I be surprised that something like Pride Week replaces it. Well, that's that's a good question. All the stuff coming out of the Vatican, uh, with all the things going on in the world, why are they even paying attention about suppressing the Latin Mass? Is that the most important thing on their agenda?
2: I don't know. I think, I think there's a connection here, but I haven't quite been able to pinpoint it.
0: I think it's bigger than that. It's not just the suppression of the Latin Mass. What else is suppressed? I mean, right. we, we have had public and private conversations with priests, with seminarians, and seminarian applicants who have been frozen out of minor seminary entrance, who have been discerned out at major seminaries, and who have been canceled once they're ordained. It's not just the Latin Mass. We've talked to priests who said that in their seminary, 30-year priests who, in their, their uh, seminary formation, they had not one hour of Eucharistic adoration. So not only is the Mass suppressed, Eucharistic adoration is suppressed, The rosary is for old women, and we hope most of them died by now. So, by the way, what did our Blessed Mother say on, uh, we're nearing a, uh, regardless of when this airs, uh, we're nearing a first Saturday, and the devotion there was rosary and the sacrament of confession, which is the next thing that has been suppressed. Because if you suppress sin, there is no need for the sacrament of confession, which not only absolves you, from your sins which means they are, have been given to christ for expiation but it remits grace to you to avoid the near occasion of sin it is it is not only a, a sword which cuts the malignant sin away from you but a shield that protects you the next time you're on here so while the latin mass is being suppressed it is not singular in in that category here and we could we could probably add to that those uh items that have been suppressed.
1: And that's quite a litany that you have there, and I wouldn't argue with any one of them. So let me let me just pose this question to you. So are we getting out of the Catholic Church? No, we're Absolutely not getting out. Absolutely not.
2: Here, I, I can respond with that. Like, there's three Ds, and this kind of ties in both. I think
0: Peter said it. Lord, to whom shall we go?
2: That's right. That's right. But like, I look at three Ds. This just popped into my head. Um, you know, you asked, what are the commonalities between Pride Week and suppression of the Latin Mass in the Church? here's the 3d's disorder dysfunction disarray and same-sex attraction that whole thing there it's disordered that's my tough love people I'm sorry to break it to us and to everyone but the reality is it is disordered we need you get to, we need you to get to heaven we need I'm concerned about salvation of souls the church isn't picking up the pieces so is there a lavender mafia I've heard of this I've heard of this in the church are we that disordered not only in the secular world but also in the church? Is that why we have such disarray? And I'm saying, yeah, I think there's something to this. And I and the more we see this, um, there's other headlines that we didn't get into today. But one of the headlines is, is that uh, one of the uh, former seminarians that went to the North American College in Rome to be a priest, who left for basically what you were saying, Tom. He was he was one of the good ones that said, you know, basically you're out now. But uh, there's a lawsuit going on because of a pre of uh, the rector supposedly having an orgy with his bishop making the seminarians watch. What in the heck is going on? That's the stuff that is kind of under the uh, mainstream media headlines, but it's a reality. Now, l-
0: now let me just hit pause for a moment here, because Thank if you're you. listening and you just drove down JFK and you heard what was going on here, the purpose is not to be a scare tactic or to dig up the dirt that's going on in the church. It is, this is happening in the church, and it's happening in dioceses near and in dioceses far away. I'll go so far. I'm going to make the statement. There is no vocation crisis.
1: I think you're right. Elaborate
2: on that. I think I know where you're going, but I want you to elaborate on that. There is
0: no vocation crisis. The Holy Spirit is not asleep at his spiritual cell phone. He is making calls. Young men are answering calls, and they are being filtered out. They are being screened out. And if they make it to ordination after being filtered and screened, they are being canceled out.
1: Now, what kind of candidates are you talking about?
0: I'm talking about candidates that have the devotion to the what we talked about at the top of the hour.
2: Adoration and the rosary?
0: Adoration, the, the rosary, mass. the mass, the first Fridays. You know, uh, you would swear that uh, half of the priests don't even know Fatima. We are in the age of Fatima, the blessed... Think of this. The Lord God Almighty empowered his son to send his mother to us with information, with warnings, that if we don't do this, these things will happen. It was an if-then scenario. Very little of the if has been done. It hasn't been completed. We're getting the then, mostly, like a fire hose, like drinking from a fire hose.
1: So what's the average person to do? What's the average person in the pew supposed to do? Well, I
2: think you need to educate yourself. You know, it goes back in the scripture where ignorance of Jesus is, um,
1: here, help me. Ignorance of scripture is is ignorance ignorance of Christ.
2: Christ. And the thing is, is that if you don't know about Fatima, go online and start looking at that. It's something that is so incredibly interesting. You don't have to believe it. I mean, the church doesn't force you to say that this is doctrine, but it's incredibly interesting with what is going on with our times. The other thing is, is I find it quite interesting is that those who dismiss the apparitions of her mother, specifically Fatima, um, also seem to um, make the book of the apocalypse in our Bible um, just some sort of far-fetched story. And I'm like, what is up with that?
1: I have not heard that, but certainly I'm not doubting what you say.
2: The point is, is that it's being dismissed. Hmm. And the thing is, is that we are living in a reality where um, faith is so important right now. And that means you have to believe in what is not seen. So, Lord God, please increase our faith.
0: Well, we, we have, um, when you de- deny the divinity of Christ, the sacramental presence of the, of the Blessed Trinity, the Holy Ghost, the, the Son of God, Jesus present in the sacraments, when there is no longer sin, you, uh, you don't need the Scripture. Because you've, if, if, if there is no sin, there is no devil. If there is no devil, there's no need for the Apocalypse, the, the book of the Apocalypse we've we've uh, we've relegated the Ten Commandments now to the strongly suggested category. Uh, we keep talking about what we're going to do with the ordinary Catholic Christians in the pew, and yet that leaves three out of four people out of the conversation because they weren't coming to begin with.
2: And not only that, they've made themselves God, and, and they just don't realize it. Modern-day area. Yeah, it's another thing that just breaks my heart, especially with confession because it's like, well— I just go to Jesus. I don't need to go to confession. I'm not going to confess my sins to a priest. Are you crazy? Do you think I really want to be that embarrassed to tell him my sins, especially those that are doozies?
0: Well, let me tell you about a bigger embarrassment called the immediate judgment.
1: Right. Go with it. Right.
0: Well, if you're not going to tell a priest. You know, and I hear this often from my Protestant friends. Well, you know, I get that confession thing, but I just go right to Jesus. By the way, did you go right to Jesus for your baptism? Did you go right to Jesus for your confirmation? Neither did you go right to Jesus for your marriage? And by the way, I think Jesus came right to you and said, whose sins you have forgiven, they are forgiven. Now, I ain't the brightest guy, but how can you forgive somebody's sins if they don't come to you and tell you their sins?
2: Well, and not only that, there's accountability. There's there's other things that take place when you've confessed your sins to the priest, and one of those is absolution. You have to go through that experience of being absolved from those sins. And why is that so important? Because in that sacrament, you are given the graces to amend your life. Even if you take that same sin 10 times over, by the 10th time, you're like, Father, I am so sorry. I don't know why I keep doing this. I tried and tried and tried and tried, but I did it again. So for the 10th time you go, and maybe it's that time that all the graces you have been given are enough for you, like Jesus said in scripture. So that is a huge point of confession with grace. You get more grace to amend your life. And isn't that what we want? Don't we want amendment of life so that we can get to heaven? But the challenge is, is to our listeners who know people, they'll say, I'm a good person. I'm going to heaven. Good Lord, don't we eulogize everybody as sainthood on the day they oh die? My, my. I mean, I'm kind of off topic at this point, but.
0: I can write you your obituary if you'd like. <laughs> Sketch that out. I'm afraid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think a lot of good things have been um, brought up. Um, you know, the commonality about the disorder um, between the two things that we're seeing happening in the church today. Um, the lack of sta- of grace being given to the world, um, the lack of people being open to um, grace because they don't even know they're sin- they've sinned. And we just want everybody to get to heaven. That's right. all we want. But we've been warned that it's a, a narrow gate mm-hmm. and and few there are Um, You know, And look at St. Paul. He tried to go around telling everybody to enter the narrow gate. And let's see, he was whipped and flogged and stoned and left for dead and didn't go very well with him.
2: Colin, you bring up a great point. You know, the primary purpose of the three of us sitting here, just uh, visiting not only with the three of us, but all of you listeners, we appreciate you listening very much, is to give you talking points and to get you to heaven. That's the ultimate thing, whether it's an educational point that comes out or, you know, some of these headlines, these things are happening in our world, so why do we not talk about them? And it's just to have a dialogue, and I'm getting to the point where I hate that word, but we have to have conversations and, uh, and stay in prayer and stay faithful to the magisterium of the church. Maybe not the leadership, and I don't mean anything necessarily negative there, but if you stay faithful to the magisterium of the church, you will be on the right path at having a shot at heaven. Know them by their fruits.
1: Know them by their fruits. And I think that's a a great point, Janet. You know, we've talked about some things, and maybe no one's heard them before. Right. Um, You know, if they're just reading some of the mainstream stuff, they probably haven't.
0: Well, that came up this week when we were talking, Colleen. We had a couple, and we should probably give that email out here. So if you've got something that you haven't heard of or you'd like to know something about that we haven't talked about, use this email, info at kcrd-fm.org. That's info at kcrd-fm.org. If there's something we've talked about that went too quickly, it went over your head, or we didn't uh, address something that's been coming up in your family, send us an email and uh, we'll talk more about that.
1: And some of the things that we have talked about, I would encourage our listeners to go online if they have access to a computer. Go online and look some of these things up. Um, You know, we should always be questioning what we're told. Um, And so uh, that was my attitude when I first came back to the church. I'm like, I'm going to question everything. I want to know your sources. Uh, Get me back to the source document. Um, I don't want people's interpretation. So I would encourage all of our listeners to find out what they can about the Latin Mass and about, um, you know, the church's teaching related to same-sex behavior. Um, and, And the Latin Mass, you know, I don't know, maybe a lot of people probably don't know there is a Latin Mass Society of Dubuque.
2: Yeah, there's a Latin Mass Society of Dubuque. You know, we don't have um, a regularly scheduled Latin Mass in Dubuque. We'd like to change that. Um, But there is one close by. Um, Actually, it's within driving distance. It's at St. Augustine's Parish in Platteville. Also, if you want to go a little bit farther, there's um, Pine Bluff Parish, which is also St. Mary's. And then also, if you want to make a pilgrimage to a short drive away in La Crosse, Our Lady of Guadalupe also has Latin Mass. Just go on those respective websites and take a look. But one of the things for our listeners that I'd really, really like you to consider... And actually not only consider, but actually participate is go and attend a Latin mass. Go the first time, if you've never been there and just take it in, just sit there. Don't have any expectations. Just let Jesus and the Holy Spirit guide you and not to come away with it with a, with a one and done, like, okay, I've gone to Latin mass, I'm done, but really start looking at what are the differences? How is this affecting my life? And, you know, is this something I should continue and is there a benefit? And I, and I guarantee you that you will see not only the benefits of the Novus Ordo Mass, because there are benefits, but by the same token, I really think that your prayer life is just going to explode tenfold, if not a hundredfold, when you look at um, getting into the guts and the nitty-gritty of the Latin Mass and going back, not backwards, but back to tradition. You know. And that, that's something that I'd really like to challenge our listeners to.
0: And I would add one thing to that and it would be before you go to Mass in either rite, the Novus Ordo or the uh, Tridentine Mass. Go to a sacramental confession first and make sure, even if you're not conscious of a grievous mortal sin, certainly if you are, get there as soon as possible, but just go there and ask that priest, actually ask Christ in Persona Christi, For that forgiveness, that absolution, so that when you go there, you will have no obstacle to receiving the grace that Christ wants to bestow
2: upon you. Amen, brother. Mm. Jesus wants to give it. Jesus wants to give everyone grace. And the thing is, is I think it was, um, I think it was St. Faustina in the Divine Mercy Diary That Jesus wants to give out his graces to so many people, but they don't want them. And it's just burning him up. Mm -hmm. He wants to give out those graces. And the best thing to do, the best two things that people can do is not only attend Mass, but before you attend that Mass, do a solid examination of conscience. Take a look at any examination of conscience or, you know, out of the catechism or whatever. I was telling a friend of mine, I said, I do an examination of conscience by what people did I come across one day? And boy, does that put things in perspective. <laughs> <laughs> but like I would that. definitely encourage that. It, again, it's all for salvation of souls. We're, we're definitely on fire. I, I want to bring as many people to heaven um, as possible. Hopefully I get there. Um, I'm a sinner myself, so I practice what I preach. But I just want people to experience as much as they possibly can
1: and receive that grace from Jesus.
0: we got to wrap up with some closing thoughts. Colleen?
1: Um, my only closing thought is, you know, I would encourage people, if you have the internet, to go to latinmassdbq.org. Um, we just had a beautiful mass on the vigil of Saints Peter and Paul up in the beautifully restored church of oh Petersburg. My. That is awesome. Um, so that would just be my, my closing thought is to encourage them to just check it out.
0: Janet? Ten seconds of closing thoughts.
1: Oh, ten seconds of closing thoughts. Um, I love you.
2: I want you all to experience everything Jesus has for you. We've talked about a lot, so I'm going to just say that.
0: And we do love you. Thank you for listening. Join us in prayer as we close out here. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Glory be to To the the Father, and to to the the Son, and and to the the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit, As as it was was in the beginning, is is now, and and ever ever shall be, be, world without without end. end. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father, and and the the Son, Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. You're listening to The Chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD. See you all next week.